can we learn from Joshua Wayskin? Now, for those of you who may have never heard of Joshua Wayskin, he was a world chess champion. He was also a world champion in the martial arts of Tai Chi Chuan push hands. He became a black belt by training under the world champion of Marcelo Garcia. He has been a best-selling author and he has also been the narrative for a Hollywood movie titled The Search for the Next Bobby Fischer. Now, before we go into what we can learn from this multi-talented individual who many of you may think to yourselves is just naturally gifted, I wanted to start with a test which I like to call the three-word answer test. Now, if I was to meet you for the first time in the streets and I was to ask you what you did for a living, I presume that most of you would be able to give an answer within a three-word max. Um, So if I was to ask you, hi, I am so-and-so, what do you do for a living? You may say, oh, um, I'm a a financial advisor, or I'm an accountant, or I'm a university lecturer, or you may even say, I am a football player, or you may say, I am a student. You know, there's, there's so many ways to sort of describe what you do for a living. And the interesting thing to note is many of us would give the exact same answer if I was to ask about who you are as an individual and I think this stems towards the fact that many of us like to connect who we are to what we do. Now the reason I raise this point is because Joshua Waitskin comes from a different way of thinking that I believe is one of the key reasons he's able to apply his learning capability and knowledge towards different skills and become a master at it. Now, I'm sure many of us have attempted to learn a new skill, whether it be you know, from the base level of learning a new subject within school. So I wasn't too keen on design and tech when I was in school. I was more focused on English, mathematics, science, but there was a time where I wanted to learn how to do design and tech. Now, it wasn't in school, but it was at home. I had done a, a short course, and after after passing the what they would claim as the beginner's level, the entry level, um, I found that the course got considerably more difficult and I went into the mindset that maybe this isn't for me, maybe there's a reason that I haven't been naturally sort of sort of moulded towards, you know, being a tech designer or a you know what what's what's a popular job trend now is, you know, UI UX or web designing or becoming a developer. So, you know, after that encounter of trying to get into design and tech, I sort of went went away from it. I put my guard up towards anything that required design and tech and I kind of limited myself to to not sort of progressing what I had what I had learnt in the beginner stage and in reflection I had learnt quite a lot in the beginner stage um, and this is going to be an important point that we are going to go into when we talk about the methodology that Joshua Waitskin exhibits and you know now he's he's coaching um, some of the most successful professional athletes in world sports um, and a lot of his principles are attainable for many of us 
um, even though it may not seem that way at first glimpse. So firstly I wanted to talk about what Joshua Waitzkin calls the growth and the fixed mindset. Now, the fixed mindset is what I have just sort of explained. Um, a fixed mindset is, for example, someone saying that I'm not an English person. I, I, I'm more of a maths guy. Um, so you know, there's the stereotype that you're either into maths or you're into English and literature. This mindset, many of us, you know, have and continue to have on a daily basis, and it sort of stems from an early educational system in which we are told we are good at something or we are not so good at something or bad at something, which I'm sure many of us have been told that we're not good at something when we were younger. So whenever I used to you know, draw something, I thought I would be pretty good at art, but when I got to school level, um, I was told that you know, my drawings weren't you know, that good and maybe I'm not a good artist. Um, which, you know, I, it's something that you, know, you don't really realize at the time, but it psychologically fixates your mindset to see yourself as good or bad now many people would say oh but on the flip side if I was to um, tell you that you were good at something it would benefit you in the long term to, to a degree yes but the issue with telling someone that they're good at something is that when they're not so good at that very skill that they've been told that they're good at they go into a shell where they start to think that they can't progress any further. They've gone to their, you know, maximum output within the field. Um, and this, this can be a very damaging thing towards individuals. So what I wanted to talk about first, the first lesson that we can learn from Joshua Waitzkin is to adapt our fixed mindset towards what is called a incremental mindset or i.e. a growth mindset now what is a growth mindset well a growth mindset is simple it's the difference between saying I am good or bad at something and instead thinking of yourself as a ongoing process of progression now let's say that we have class full of children and instead of splitting the children into groups of you know excellent mathematicians and poor mathematicians we look at it from a mindset that everyone is in a process of progression this is this would be a perfect example of how to think in a incremental mindset and this idea of fixed and growth mindsets comes from um, a, a, a fantastic um, researcher called uh, Caroline Dweck. Um, for those of you who don't know her work, I would recommend um, looking, in, looking into her more. Um, she sort of inspired the idea um, that Joshua Waitzkin has applied and exhibited to a quality of excellence. Um, so I would, I would start by first reflecting on whether you have a fixed mindset and whether you do or, or you don't, I wouldn't get too down on yourself if you do. Um, in his you know, podcast with Tim Ferriss, he has three podcasts, but in his most recent podcast with Tim Ferriss, um, Joshua Waitzkin talks about, you know, having a fixed mindset on fixed mindsets. And he talks about, you know, individuals who may be aware that, you know, they have a fixed mindset. They're, they are aware that, you know, 
they see themselves as this or this and you know are comfortable in you know thinking in that in that in that format um and having a fixed mindset towards um becoming um an individual with a growth mindset so you know if 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 an individual um you know wants to change his mindset many people with fixed mindsets will have a fixed mindset on that individual changing from a fixed mindset to a growth mindset so it's sort of an in an, an inception within you know having a fixed mindset but you know Joshua Waitzkin he, he he he's very upfront about that transition not being as you know easy easily done um but it is very possible to think like that and what we're now going to go through is sort of the processes of formulating the transition from a growth mindset to a fixed mindset because once you are able to get past that way of thinking you are able to apply yourself in a way that you would apply yourself towards your primary skill so if I was an accountant I would be able to apply how I learn and grow within accounting towards a completely unrelated new skill say if I wanted to learn a new language such as Spanish or French or Portuguese I would be able to apply those same principles and also compare between the two um, so that I can enhance my way of learning um, in a more progressive way and in a in an easier way um, you know myself I always try and find the easiest way to learn something new and we're also going to speak about that so getting into the psychological um, part of learning which we can learn from Joshua Waitzkin a lot of his work he talks about the hidden conscious and the subconscious and the conscious mind um, and these are terms that I wasn't so used to so you know looking up his work because a lot of his work did relate to what I was studying for my masters um, so looking into his work and reading his book of the art of learning you really get a sense of how powerful your manipulation of the conscious and subconscious can be towards your learning capability and your learning acquisition so so to speak um, so generally there are four stages to learning there is the unconscious incompetence so this this is the beginners stage this is where you are starting to learn something new but you're not aware of how good or bad you are you are sort of unconscious to the fact that you may not be that good or you may be quite good naturally to the new skill um, but of course the beginning stage you will be somewhat incompetent that's why it is titled unconscious incompetence so that is very much what they call the beginner's level of learning. Then you get onto the tricky side of learning, which is the which is the conscious incompetence. This is um, this is the stage where you do get a sense of how maybe inept you may feel that you are at the new skill. So you know I, I've recently started um, trying to learn French and I've been speaking to um, you know good friends who are bilingual whether they know two languages or three or four and I've been trying to find ways of acquiring a new language um, as easy and as quickly as possible and you know much of the reason that I went out to seek advice from people who were bilingual was because well firstly I've never learnt a new language I all I know is English um, the English language so I wanted to find out how to how to learn a language 
as best as I could for a newcomer um, and when I was learning or attempting to learn a certain you know number of vocab and conversational um, terms within the French language I, I noticed myself getting quite frustrated um, not at the learning of it itself but um, when I tried to transition into listening to podcasts in the French language or I used to change the settings on a Netflix show from a English dubbed audio to a French dubbed audio I would find myself getting continuously frustrated at how much more work I needed to do to actually become even decent at the French language um, I became conscious about how incompetent I was basically to sum it up and this this stage has led me to you know stopping and starting the, the, the learning process I think four or five times in the last two years um, I'm, I'm back on it now but it's been very difficult to stay consistent and you know get past this stage and you know Joshua Waitskin has a, a methodology to get past this stage because you know he he you know acknowledges in many of his podcasts and, and within his book that around about 90 to 95 percent of people who are trying to learn a new skill end up quitting at the second stage of the learning the learning um, the learning scale so um, going on to the third stage which is the uh, conscious competence so you've this stage you've gone past um, your feeling of ineptness and you're now being aware that you know you are learning the skill at a good pace you're becoming aware of the basic principles and you are able to apply them um, to expand your knowledge within the skill Um, and this of course leads on to the final stage where you know you you become so good at a skill that you don't have to think about it consciously which is why it is called unconscious competence so for example you know from for you know for many people listening i assume that they are you know young players young footballers young athletes um and many may may not realize it um but let's let's think of a basic basic example like playing um a game of fifa with your friends it's 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 not seen as a skill somewhat even though we we do like to take it to a competitive level um i for one don't like to lose on fifa i want to you know i pride myself on being good at fifa uh, compared to any other game i don't i'm not really a call of duty person but fifa that's 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 my thing you know so but when i'm playing fifa and when a lot of my friends are playing fifa a lot of what we do within the game is subconscious it's 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 almost second nature just like how riding a bike is second nature you don't need to think about putting your left foot forward or right foot forward when paddling you just you just get on a bike and ride it's unconscious it's 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 pure instinct at that level and that's the level that you really want to get to within any skill that you want to take seriously so going back to how Joshua Waitskin is able to manipulate these sort sort of stages um, it all starts with the first stage it all starts with the beginner stage it all starts with your first introduction to learning the new skill now I'm going to go back to a game scenario to explain this um, because I don't want to overcomplicate it for listeners um, but 
the beginner stage, let's say you're playing a new game on your PlayStation. Um, the first thing we want to do in a in a campaign sort of game is get from level one to level two. Then we want to go from level three to level four. Then we want then we want to get to level ten, then level twenty. Then we want to complete the game as smoothly and as quickly as possible. Now the 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 issue with this sort of mindset, this sort of gamification mindset of getting from level one to level two, is that you often rush past the basic principles and it's these basic principles that Wayskin is able to manipulate towards applying his sort of learning capability towards new skills new professions you know that's how he was able to go from a very mental sport of chess to becoming a very physical, somatic sport of martial arts, Tai Chi Chuan, push hands. Um, and he was, he was a world champion in both. So you really have to appreciate, you know, what, what advice he is giving, you know, all of, all of us towards learning something new. Um, so how I want to explain this is I want to talk about a story that he 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 started to explain um, before he was asked a, um, asked a separate question and it was all about how he started learning how to paddle surf now many people would assume that you know if you want to learn how to paddle surf you would have to go to a beach or you would have to go to somewhere where there is water or an ocean or you know any type of liquid surely you would need to have that at your you know at your location where you're training um joshua waiskin talks about how he started his learning of paddle surfing in the middle now, if you if you if you think about it, if you actually if you actually really think about that, that he he learned his beginner stage of paddle surfing in the middle of you know what's called a concrete jungle, and when I first you know came across this, I was sort of I was sort of taken aback. I was. In fact, I, I was actually thinking that's, 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 I don't think that's actually true. I don't think he actually learned how to paddle surf in New York. Um, but that was before I understood what he meant. And what he meant was he, so how he explained the story was that he didn't, he didn't grow up with a, a, you know a vast experience of going from left to right in a in a sort of kinetic motion and what I mean by that is that you know some of us ride bikes some of us skateboard when we are younger some of us roller skate we're and you know when you're doing that you you are positioned well not not with a bike but with skateboarding you are positioned sideways and but and you're moving in a in a forward motion but your body is sideways so he talks about how he deconstructed the skill that he wanted to learn primarily um the first thing he did was get used to that motion of being sideways but moving in a forward motion um so what he did to get about in New York was that he he purchased a a I think it was called a a motor a, a, sort of a a unicycle type vehicle, but um, I think a more modern version, which had one wheel and you got used to you know moving forward but in a sideways motion um, which is an important stance when 
learning paddle surfing I don't know much about paddle surfing but you know just from just from assuming and you know knowing the basics of surfing you will be in a sideways motion but you will be going you know sort of like in a forward motion so he did this for a year and a half before he actually moved out of New York with his family towards a more coastal area um but you know acknowledging that that's how he started the beginners level he 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 does this um he explains in his book that he does this so that he learns the basic principles to such a high degree and he does this before he moves on to any next stage and you know this was proof that he didn't even get in the water before he started learning the basic principles and um, he learns the basic principles to such a high degree that they almost become innate they become so natural to him that he is able to expand his knowledge circle rather than step to the next one and a good way of explaining this further is that you know a lot of us will learn one thing then move on to the next stage but by time we get to the third stage we've forgotten everything in the first stage and what we had learnt in the first stage would help us in the third fourth fifth stage of learning and it's it's really an acknowledgement of how the basics can really help you um, apply your learning capability towards any any skill and I think this 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 is 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 sort of um, proof of what is now called the weight-skin paradox, um, which refers to depth over width. Um, so depth learning is really about going deep into the core principles and expanding your 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 learning from those basic principles, rather than seeing seeing the basic principles as a first step and then a second step. Um, much of what we we know in our professions are the basics. Um, I found that many what many people learn in university is actually dumbed down when we, when they get to the workplace. And when they get to the workplace, it's the basics that really matter. And you know, if you want to look at look at um, this concept this concept within a a sports format. You know, a, a lot of the world-class players, um, let's say Thomas Muller at Bayern Munich or Thiago at Bayern Munich um, or, you know, Tony Cruz at uh, Real Madrid, these are players that have mastered the basics. Um, I love watching Thiago, um, especially because, you know, many people will say, you know, his passing is unbelievable, his... his his skills, his stepovers, his his eye for the game. But what amazes me so much about Thiago is his mastery of the first touch. And you know, if you haven't watched Thiago, go go on YouTube now. You can you can pause the podcast. Go on YouTube now. Type in Thiago Alcantara skills, goals, and assists, and just focus on his first touch. His first touch is so good that I believe it has pushed him in a realm that many midfielders can't actually get get to um, to that level I think a mastery of, so, of, 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 of such a small skill can actually put you over the edge of someone who has width width and what I mean by that is a midfielder who may have shooting passing dribbling, first touch, um, awareness, physical presence. Um, the first player that comes to mind is Paul Pogba. You know, Paul Pogba is one of the most gifted 
footballers of this generation easily. Um, you know, I'm an Arsenal fan, but you know, you have to hold your hands up and say Paul Pogba is a fantastic football player. But, and it's a big but, and I don't want to offend people when I say this, especially Man United fans, I don't want to offend you, but if you really think about it, I I would say that Thiago has has a greater output on the pitch um, than Paul Pogba on many occasions. Um, of course, Paul Pogba is fantastic in in in, in much of what he does. Um, however, I would I would I would say that Thiago's mastery of his first touch has actually put him over um, the lights of. Paul Pogba. Now, many may disagree. Um, I'm just trying to make that point of depth over width. And, you know, Joshua Waitskin has exhibited this in so many ways. He's mastered so many different skills. And I think it's something that we, as a new generation, we're not used to learning in that, in, in that way. Um, you know, I have many conversations with my father and he says how easy it is to learn things these days. And how he had to read books that were, you know, a metre thick. Um, he had to, you know, learn things by heart. He had to do everything by the book. And, you know, it's it's true if you think about it. We, we often take for granted how much information um, is at our disposable... Dis, disposal? <laughs> Sorry. Disposal. Um... But with that, I feel like our ease of access also creates a mindset where we want everything to come as quick as we can Google search something. We want everything to be easy for us. We want everything to be quick. And, you know, when we don't learn something as quickly as, um, you know, say, you know, searching how to, you know, searching how to paint a wall. You know, if if we if if we if we don't you know succeed within the first week of attempting, the majority of us will quit. The majority of us will say, "I can't really do it. I'm just going to hire someone else to do it." And it's it's an issue with you know I don't want to be typical and say social media, but you know that that sort of everything's fast, everything's quick, everything's you know quickly moving. And when it comes to learning, you're really going to sabotage yourself if you have that sort of mindset that you want to move everything um, quickly at a quick pace. Um, You know, Joshua actually speaks about slowing things down and actually he talks about the art of unlearning um, as opposed to learning. And, you know... This is another concept that I, I find quite interesting. Um, and, you know, by unlearning, he... Often in this um, generation, um, we have what is a very recent trend of, you know, grindaholics, um, where a lot of the time we're seeing things that are made to motivate us to work every day, work our socks off, um, finish that, you know, report before you go to sleep, um, only sleep for three, four hours. And what he, what he, what he explains is that we enter into what he calls a simmering six. Um, and when it comes to learning that can really, um, disrupt, um, the pace of which you do learn and the quality and the quality of which you learn. Um, So when it comes to, let's say people who want to become, you know, strong in the gym, you know, you're told to work every day, by some people, you're told to work every day, you know, lift the biggest weights, you know, have no sleep. But in actuality, if you want to get big, if you want to make progress within within the gym if you want to make progress within expanding your muscles and your strength rest is actually extremely important um, because 
it's always better to operate at your full capacity rather than an average capacity um, that's due to you know lactic acid buildup um, because you you had worked out last night and you went a bit too hard in the gym and you didn't give yourself enough sleep you haven't given yourself a recovery day for two weeks um, so you you enter into this spiral and you know this is actually a good segue into what 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 Joshua calls a a a cognitive bias and I think this a cognitive bias is the root of people overworking themselves too much um you tell yourself that okay I've got to work today I've got to work today and I've got to get this done and you know and you enter you start justifying your decision making not realizing that what you are actually justifying is 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 not true um you'll tell you'll tell yourself that you can do it without rest you can tell yourself that oh let me just you know study this 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 exam all night all day let me not give myself any rest and you enter into what he calls a downward spiral um that can really that can really disrupt your performance and send you on a on a on a on a downhill and can really mess up all the progress that you could have been making um and you know it's 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 a natural it's a natural it's a natural way of thinking especially in this generation to want to do everything want to give it your all all the time um but you know the simmering six means that you won't be able to make the progress that you're telling yourself that you're making and you know this this is a big big lesson um for me it's a sit team moment especially for young athletes who you know you know often work overwork themselves um maybe they had a bad game and you know they want to rectify it often when you have a bad game or you're you enter a state of stuckness those are the best situations to unlearn and you know going back to unlearning I know I went off on a, a, a tiny tangent there but going back to um, unlearning um, he speaks about how um, you know you know great great artists of their generation such as you know Mozart or, or, or Charles Dickens um, used to used to be you know in the middle of let's say a, a composition or in the middle of a sentence of a new book and before finishing the sentence if they ever got stuck they would actually leave the sentence mid-sentence or they would leave um, the composition um, mid music note and they would go away go to bed rest and actually let the subconscious sort of deal with that stuckness that you feel that you may feel is 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 stopping you from progressing um you know a lot of people talk about having a writer's block um or you know whether you're in sports you know being in bad form you haven't scored for nine or nine or ten games the fans are getting onto you you enter a state of stuckness and many people revert to overworking um over learning to get past that hill when really our best eureka moments our best sort of realization moments that oh that you know these moments where you realize the solution they happen in a state of pure relaxation so the art of unlearning um is a very important lesson that we can all learn and this sort of brings me on to the 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 final 
and for me the most important point for athletes to 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 take in um, towards their their daily life is is the art of learning itself now for me the most underrated underappreciated skill that professional athletes have is their learning capability um, and by learning capability I, 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 I mean how good an athlete can learn something new um, and there's many reasons why this is quite an underrated skill to have even though it's, it's, it's greatly important you know even if you are at the top of your profession you know you look at great examples such as Cristiano Ronaldo and LeBron James and Serena Williams who are all at the very top of their profession um, and you know the media wants to say that they're aging um, quickly maybe they, they, they won't be able to exhibit the level of performance that um, they are used to or everyone is used to um, I recently have a con- I recently had a conversation with my mother about Serena Williams who had recently lost the US Open and you know many people are saying okay she's she's past it physically she might be getting too old but one thing about the people the athletes at the very top of sports is their ability to learn how to learn and their application of such um, a development within learning Um, and you know being able to learn you know even if you are the best in the industry is 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 important especially when everyone is sort of you know coming for your position waiting for you to slip up so that they can you know take your spot learning how to learn is what i i believe is you know the fundamental um skill that young athletes need to 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 take on um themselves as individuals to really get to that next level um competitiveness is increasing more and more people are getting into sport if you really want to enhance your performance on the pitch you need to apply principles off the pitch towards your daily lifestyle and how I would recommend you do this best is to learn a new skill apply what Joshua Waitskin applies to his new skills and you'll be almost amazed at how well you are able to develop your learning capability. And the big issue that you know many professional athletes have when it comes to learning is that they have never experienced how to learn a new skill that does not depend on natural talent. Now, to make it in sports, you have to have you know a bit of natural talent. Um, some some players, the talent takes them further than others. Um, but regardless of how far it takes you, you will always get to a point where talent isn't enough, and you will have to apply some sort of learning capability towards your profession now the reason that many athletes go into a downward 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 spiral when when you know having a run of poor games or poor performances is their lack of experience in dealing with that learning stage of the profession and one of the ways you can develop this is through comparison of how you learned another skill without being reliant on your natural talent. And, you know, there's many benefits of learning a 
new skill. Um, like we spoke about how you can apply the basic principles of that new skill that you're learning towards your profession and you know that can that can lead to you actually getting out of that mental rut that you know you are holding on to um, not by not not by intention but by your lack of um, your lack of development of your learning capability um, so Joshua speaks about how when he returned to chess after he had become a world champion in Tai Chi Chuan and he he often speaks about meditation and how meditation has helped him and talks about um, you know HRV um, and sort of you know trigger moments and biomarkers um, and all these little things that sort of he has learnt from other um, professions and he's able to apply towards you know his primary profession so when he got back into chess he was playing against a lot of the young you know chess prodigies um, at, at a tournament and it was around about you know halfway through the day um, because you know these chess tournaments they go on for you know many hours um, and you really have to be in a deep mental state he spoke about how when he first was a chess champion he worked in systems and he worked very much so in finding flow within chaos chaos that he would create on the board and that was his sort of method towards chess he was an attacker he was always on the offensive um, and he speaks about how when he had returned to chess and he was playing all of these prodigies on the come up how he had completely forgotten that way of playing chess and had actually been playing well not the word wouldn't be playing but he he wasn't playing chess when he was playing chess but he was actually you know performing Tai Chi Chuan and you know even though I couldn't really um, understand exactly what he meant by that he sort of briefly explains how he was in constant transition and finding music within the chess rather than thinking systematically and thinking you know in numbers and you know to me this was proof that you can benefit from you know learning two skills at the same time and it, will, it won't only enhance your performance within you know one sport but it will simultaneously enhance performance in both by enabling you to apply these principles that you had subconsciously and unconsciously learnt towards a profession that may have been heavily reliant on talent rather than your ability to learn and apply and I think I think that about sums up the most important things we can learn from this vastly interesting individual and you know for, for many young athletes who may be listening to this podcast and maybe you know thinking to themselves that they're not good enough I would say change your fixed mindset to a growth mindset you'll feel better those who are you know looking to get into a new skill do it you will you will be able to develop your learning capability through comparison and you'll be able to measure your learning because you are learning a new skill that you necessarily don't really have a natural talent for and also the benefits of it you would be able to simultaneously you know enhance your performance which was a big topic in my dissertation um, with you know 
my research into young academy players balancing education and sport and often there being a conflict where athletes will prioritize one over the other um, because they don't feel like they can be compatible and I think this is a systematic problem I also think it's um, an individual athlete issue um, that I believe will slowly progress if these sort of issues are more vocalized and if you are you know someone who's interested in this sort of topic I would recommend um, watching um, documentaries on the BT Sport website especially No Hunger in Paradise Um, the book as well is a fantastic read and it's all about you know educating the next generation of athletes and you know um, going into that next realm of performance which is currently um, it seems to be data Um, I think data has had a huge impact on performance but you know I believe the next level past data will actually be um, knowledge intelligence education you know within sporting institutes and with this podcast um, you know I aim to you know bring to light methodology philosophy psychology um you know practical you know learning principles and and lessons that you can actually apply like right now um towards your daily life so that you can improve as an individual you can improve as an athlete and hopefully enhance your performance both on the field and off the field um so yes that's the first podcast of the smart athlete um i hope to be releasing on youtube spotify um and i'll i will release sort of individual clips on instagram so please feel free to follow me on instagram the smart athlete podcast um youtube the smart athlete and spotify um which is also called The Smart Athlete. So I look forward to seeing you again. Um, if you are interested in learning more about Joshua Waitskin, I would recommend looking into his podcast with Tim Ferriss. Um, all three are fantastic and go into different things. And also purchase The Art of Learning. It's on Kindle. Um, you can also order it on Amazon. Um, I don't think it's any more than £10. Um, or $12 if you're listening from America so yeah um, I will see you next time this was the Smart Athlete Podcast and thank you for listening